Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Man, We're Too Old For This, here on the Nerdtonal Network. I'm your host, the experience that some call Jason, and with me today is... The token quarter-funded Kickstarter, Tarky. The blurred Don of the Veil, the Todd Fob. CDL113, the droid you're looking for. And today is part two of our little walk down memory lane as we go over the most... In our opinions, memorable scenes from the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe's Golden Age. Uh, or in other words, from, you know, Iron Man to Endgame. Last time we uh, stopped at the first Avengers movie. So we're just going to pick up right where we left off. Because after Avengers was Iron Man 3. Which, I'll be honest, I remember that the Iron Man movies were real close together. I forgot that they were this close together. Yeah, I mean, it was 2013 was the last Iron Man movie. Yeah. That is uh, quite, that's what, eight years back at this point? Yeah, 21. Yeah. It's 21, so yeah. That is, that is, made a billion dollars, though. But anyway. Well, yeah, Iron Man 3 was, Iron Man 3 was the highest grossing solo MCU movie until Black Panther. Which is sad, because it's really not memorable to me. Well, then let's start off with Taylor. Taylor, what do you remember or not remember about Iron Man 3? Okay, I'm not going to say the thing that I think would be stealing from Todd. <laughs> so let me back up. Um, the When he's budget Batman. Yeah. When he's escaping with like the one gloved hand and the seed bombs and the the chemicals he got from the... From the... With the, the, the lows down the corner. Yeah. He's like, I can be great without the suit. Like, yeah, you're the guy that made the suit. You can just make more other weapons. That's you're allowed to do that, sir. No, no, I'll have to handcraft this 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 shit bomb to handle my enemies. Like, like what the fuck, dude? Just well, you know, uh, just use a suit. Just to you just to cross them. Just to cross promote a little bit. You know, over in our icons game last season. That's basically what Zach, one of Zach's characters was. Yeah, except he couldn't afford to make a suit. Well, that's true. He was... He was poor. He was destitute. He was, he was Home Depot Batman because yeah, that was all he could afford. Yeah. This is a multi-billionaire going, mm, I'm going to strap some random shit together. While well, also having also a single... High- he was also hiding. It wasn't like he could just call up Stark and go, hey, give me, you know, a team with such and such. Yeah. And so. yeah, except that's literally what he does at the end. So he literally could have just called another fucking suit. Yeah, that's true. Because he had 50, 50, 11 of them already built. Yeah. yeah. So what about, uh, Danny, what about you? What do you remember about Iron Man 3? Uh, the scene where the plane uh, with the... the was it politicians or something? Yeah. Where they blew up, was it Air Force One or some shit like that? Yeah, and you had a bunch of them just all falling Free at random. And he had to fly and catch them one by one and link them and then, you know, save them. I thought, now that's that's pretty cool. Because, <laughs> you know, you weren't expecting it. It's like, how's he going to save 12 people? And even his AI is going, yeah, I don't think the odds of this working without us dying is, you know. <laughs> But he does it anyway. And then you find out he's not even in the suit. Yeah, yeah. When you find out he's not even in the damn suit, you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that that's the scene that, that stands out for me. 
What about you, Todd? Uh, my favorite, my favorite thing about that movie was the end of it because that was that was the one I walked out cursing. It was the first MCU movie that I refused to buy. To this day, I don't own three. Uh, I don't watch it when it's on TV. Uh, but I will. But for the sake of the conversation, I will give you the thing that I liked from the trailer before I knew what kind of shit show they were about to pull. And that was Ben Kingsley doing the Mandarin. That line where he goes, some consider me a terrorist, but I consider myself a teacher. I was sitting there going, that's a nice, that's, that's some nice sounding shit. And then you get there and find out it was all a goddamn actor. Yeah, that's, that was, that was my first hit that maybe somebody in the, somebody in Marvel didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Uh, spoiler, jump forward to Shang-Chi. He's yeah, in it. I know we ain't talking about Shang-Chi. Yeah. Well, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. This thing was explicitly about before Shang Chi. I, I I know the Trevor pops up in it, and truthfully, the fact that they didn't fulfill the promise of All Hail the King and put a bullet in his ass for every ring of the Mandarin pisses me off. He should be dead. Yeah, they they took the Mandarin. They took basically an Iron Man's Joker and turned him into a fucking clown. Yeah, I'm good with. But uh, the scene that sticks out to me. And really, it's two that kind of link together. It's when the helicopter wipes out Tony's house. Yeah. And I remember being upset that Dummy died. And then at the end, when you see him, you know, all the stuff in the trailer, you see he's dug Dummy out of the water. I was like, oh, good, Dummy's alive. <laughs> because I was wanting, and I, I can't remember about if, if I was already thinking this at this point. This might have been a little earlier, it might have been later. But when you found out later on that, you know, in Age of Ultron, when it became obvious... You know, the trailer stuff that, that, that Stark was going to be responsible for Ultron instead of Hank Pym. I really wanted it to be Dummy. That he had, you know, repaired Dummy and Dummy had, uh, I remember days ago. I was really snapping after that. all the abuse. Oh, God. Yeah, that. But it was not to be. He gave me that fire extinguisher. What damn time, two minutes? Fuck all uh, of humanity. I kind of hope Dummy pops up in, in Iron Heart, I'll be honest. So, Dummy is my favorite part of Iron Man 3. Mm. <laughs> Take that for you know what it is. Oh god. Uh moving on to Iron Man 3. We're going to another one that wasn't really that good. Lord in my god. personal opinion. Uh Thor of the Dark World. Uh Todd, what was your favorite part of or most memorable part of Thor? Uh the Dark World, I can at least go I like the uh the part where Thor ends up fighting curse. And I like it just because it gives a good representation that they could do super strength. Because, like, like Curse is literally picking up damn near mountain-sized boulders and beating the living shit out of Thorwell. You know, he chucks one at him, which is I thought was kind of neat. Uh, other than that, yeah, that was that was another one that they screwed up the villain. They, it, you know, they were still afraid of the word magic. Yeah, they couldn't let them be gods. They they took the Dark Elves, who truthfully in the books that that was based on were really cool as shit, and they basically turned them into Romulans. Ah, yeah, that was that was one. I just yeah, I just yeah, I watched the shit because it was in them days where you were still kind of going, I wonder if an Infinity Stone is gonna pop up, and you had one pop up, so you got that. Yeah, but. As far as storyline, it's it's the one where I realized that 
Jane Foster got on my damn nerves. Yep. I like Darcy better than Jane. Yeah. 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 Darcy is at least entertaining. Jane just kind of grates on me. So, Danny, yeah. what about you? Um, to touch on a little bit of something, he had, had he, what Todd said about Darcy, I liked her, the actress when she had a little sitcom on CBS. And we're not talking about that. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying, because she had that same kind of personality in that that she brought into the into Well, the yeah, she, she plays the same character, everything I've ever seen. And uh, But for me, the thing I liked about the Dark, Thor Dark World was Heimdall, when the Dark Elves are trying to sneak in, and they're flying their ship, and you know he's he near. No, he heard. Him. Yeah, but that was it. He could see him. He heard. Him. Yeah, he's you know he sees everything, but his hearing is also the same level of power as his sight. And he's like, I don't see anything here, but I know something's there. And he runs out. What he jumps and stabs the ship or something. And I'm like, no, that is Heimdall. You know, because she sit there. Even the Dark Elves are like, what the hell? You know. Dude, he stabbed a he stabbed a ship with a knife because that wasn't that wasn't Horfin, that wasn't a sword. He, no, that he was took a he took a side dagger and stabbed the ship. Christ, yeah, yeah. That that was the scene that that sticks out in my mind uh, about the Thor Dark World. What about you, Tyler? It was not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what sticks out in my brain but as far as like a scene or a moment the the moment where he goes back into the jail after his mother's been killed spoilers and he's talking to loki you know and loki still seems confident cocky annoying and then the illusion fades and he's just sitting there in a busted up room because he's so frustrated with himself yeah yeah yeah, for me, well, first off, Danny stole mine. Well, excuse me. I was uh, I was confident I could go last, and I'd be the one that only one that picked that one. But, but uh, well, I'm all stabbing the ship. Mm-hmm. Now another scene I liked was when you see the Warriors three in the little flying boat chase. Yeah, yeah. Or fight? Maybe it was the fight, but because you see uh the blonde one, I forget his name. For some reason, I can always oh, remember Hogan's name. The and, yeah, the dashing. Uh, I mean, he does the whole, you know, swinging on the rope thing. Uh, but, I enjoyed uh, everybody threatening Loki. That little montage yeah, yeah. scene where everybody shows up, and if you betray Thor, I'll kill you. When he gets to, when he gets to I forget which one's the last one he gets to. Is it Sif or is it uh, Volstag when he does the whole thing? And if you do this, I'll kill you. Apparently, there'll be a line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Thor Dark World was one that, I kind of agree with Taylor. It was not very good. The but characterizations unlike, were good. Yeah, but unlike Iron Man 3, there's lots of individual scenes that I did like. Yeah, in yeah well, Iron Man 3 is just a shit show from beginning you know, to end. Dark World, I could sit through again and still enjoy, you know, the parts that I liked. Iron Man 3, there just weren't any parts that I really liked. I mean, even the, even this, well, let's not backtrack. Uh, so after Dark World, we had one of my favorite MC movies, period. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yep, yep. Uh, Danny, what was your most memorable scene out of that one? Oh, I got two. You get one. But I'll I'll go with one. Is the very beginning of the movie when they're on the plane, they're talking about, you know, yeah, such such, so-and-so, the ship's been taken over by terrorists. And, you know, Steve's standing there at the the back of the thing, and... uh, 
uh, widow is, you know, talking, oh, did you see such and such? I can set you up. You know, she's trying to play matchmaker for him, and he's putting his gear on, and he just goes to the back of the plane and then just jumps, and the other agents are like, he ain't wearing a parachute. No, he asked, was he even wearing a shoe? And and the dude, his crossbows, goes, no, no, he wasn't. <laughs> just a reaction, like, did he, what? That just, that reaction cracked me up. All right, Tyler, what about you? Uh, what I remember the most is the single most comic book thing possible they could have done was they're all huddled together. They've gotten Falcon and they're like, yeah, we've got to go. We've got to, you know, we, we have the mission together. We have the plan. Uh, you need to get your equipment. He's like, well, how am I going to get, you know, how can I possibly get my equipment? It's in this base that's guarded, protected. And then the next scene, you see him just have his equipment because it's Captain America. Obviously, they could just bust in there, get the stuff, and get out. Yep. It's like they don't even care to explain it. They're just like, look, no superheroes. They just did this. And I'm like, yeah. What about you, Todd? Uh, the very beginning, the Lemurian star, mm-hmm. when, he, when Cap takes that boat, because that's the first time you get to see modern Cap's modern fighting style. And yeah, that, that, whole, that whole scene from the time he boards that damn thing until Batrock throws that grenade, that's just some cool shit. Because that's when, because the first Cap, he's not trained, so he's got kind of a, just kind of a brawling style. But hell, you could tell he'd had, you know, he'd had training by then and offset. Chris Evans had seen the Captain America game from the first movie and it basically gone to the to the producers and was it was like, you know, I want to fight like that. So that so when you see Cap fighting the Winter Soldier there at the beginning, he's fighting and moving like Blonsky was moving in Hulk. Yeah. Which is just neat as shit. Yeah. That's that's one if if I don't if I know it's coming on, if I can't see no other part of it, I want to see him take that boat. Uh, a scene that I really liked is the elevator scene. Yeah. yeah. That's one that you see clips and memes of all over the place. But uh, it kind of harkens back to what uh, Taylor liked in the first one. You know, you see kind of his situational awareness. I mean, he is in his home base, essentially. He should be as at ease as he's going to be. But the man don't have an off switch. Yeah. Right. And you know, so you see all that situational before. awareness, and then you get that, you know, the, the, that classic line of it, all right, before we start, does anybody want to get off? And then it's just, then it's just a neat fight scene in an odd location. Yeah, yeah, with a lot of people in a, in a tight situation, because that elevator can't be more than, what, five by six, you know? And that would have been... See, my, my favorite part of that, though, if I was going to pick more than one, I like him taking out the Quinjet. Yeah, when he takes out the Quinjet off that damn motorcycle, yeah, and that's another one. I'm sitting there like, oh hell yeah, that was just a and, bad. And it's his shield before he before yeah he ricochets in. it. He ricochets it off one of the engines and then leaps off and catches that bad boy mid air. I was like, yeah, leave that son of a bitch all the way to hell alone. <laughs> I gotta be in Cleveland. I gotta take my yeah. catfish to yeah. the to the vet. I gotta take my goldfish for a walk. I ain't about to fight this much. Uh, and then after Cap, 
We Guardians have Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy, friendship is magic. So Tyler, what do you remember about Guardians? Honestly, the entire the like Guardians is the movie that stick that sticks in my head the most, but it, it's just like the first part. Like the moment you could tell how much music is going to be in this. Yeah. It does have a great fucking soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Like it did a great job of utilizing music in it. Now the second movie did a better job utilizing music, but both movies have great soundtracks. But it's just that start where it's just you know you're messing with a goofball who is supremely confident he can live through anything. Oh, one of the because he just rolls up on this ancient technology trap thing and just goes, "Yeah, sure, I got this beat." Just rolls it out. You about to say something? I was going to say one of the best descriptions of of intro Star Lord is he thinks he's Han Solo, but is more Roscoe P. Coltrane. You well, that's because he'll he's competent. He's competent. He's just not quite as well known as he thinks. Well, he's, 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 he's a legend. Yeah, he's, he's a legend. He's not mind. mind, but he's competent as shit. He's just goofy. Yeah, he's just goofy. He's yeah. So, Danny, what what scene do you remember out of it, or what sticks out to you the most? Um, for me, it's their escape from prison. Hmm. You know, when uh, uh, Rocket goes, I need this. And this, and this, and that guy's prosthetic leg. I need that guy's leg. And so, you know, you got Peter Quill going around, you know, buying up this and that, or lifting this and that. And he gets the bionic leg, and he comes back. All right, what do you? Oh, I didn't need that. I just wanted to see because it'd be funny. He's just hopping around. I'm like, oh my god. You know, to me, Rocket kind of stole that movie. Yep. What about you, Todd? Uh. Yeah, for me it's the prison break, but it's the one scene where uh when all when you know group basically goes and kicks the plan off early, and you have the scene where he's fighting and Rocket's up on his shoulder and they throw him a gun, and that one scene of Rocket up on Group's shoulder just sparking up shit. Visually, I like that scene. Other than that, I like the line of him calling Stan Lee a prevert at the very <laughs> beginning. Yeah, I it's a man. Look at you. Little troll dogging out the little kid. Walk on your own. Look at this old man. Get to about your own age, you prevert. <laughs> Lord. Yes, for me, what sticks out the most about Guardians is how bad they screwed up Ronan the Accuser. Yeah, they yeah. fucked up Ronan. Oh, I hated their take on Ronan. And he was so close to looking right. I mean, it was just, uh, they made him gross for no reason. Yeah, yeah. They fucked uh, up Novacore, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, it. I guess the screw-ups in that movie stick out to me more than anything. Even though, overall, I enjoyed the movie okay. The whole... Stop the dialogue, stop everything we're doing, and let's talk about being friends. Yep. Friendship is magic. Every five seconds. Yep. Uh, And it turned out to literally be magic. You know, there's that, there's the messing up Ronin, there's the messing up the Nova Corps, it's just lots of little stuff. It was. It is not my favorite Marvel movie by any means, though. Like I said, I did overall enjoy it. I, I got to say this about the Guardians b- before we leave off of it: David Batista's portrayal of Drax, how he had it had a problem showing emotions. I can remember when that movie came out. There was an article by this mom who's uh, kid was autistic. Yeah, kid was like, autistic. Oh, he's like me. Yeah, and he said she's she's like he's like me and. 
So Batista, when he would go visit the children's wards or stuff like that, he would make sure to go visit where they had kids that were having those kind of issues because they could relate to his character. So I thought that was pretty neat. Hey, but their ahead. version of drags goes into my list of screw-ups. Yeah. No, I didn't. No. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I drags until later. Yeah. Now, you know, that is not taken away from the fact that Batista seems to be a good dude. And that he leaned into that when he realized that, you know, it meant that to some kids. I did enjoy him uh, referring to Gamora as a great whore. <laughs> yeah. That was, the, that was the only friendship moment that I liked. You know, you know this, this, this is my friend. The green whore is my friend. Okay, okay. But, uh, and then after Guardians, we, go, we went into Age of Ultron. Yep. And I'm going to start this one off. What sticks out to me most about Age of Ultron... This is where I get it's, stolen from. It's truthfully the first trailer. Yep. Oh, wait. Uh, I'm still in it. I will occasionally still go back and watch that first trailer. I thought it was so well done. Yeah. yeah we got the Pinocchio music and all this going on, and it's just... The, the, the amount of hype I was feeling after that thing. Yeah. I hated the fact that when he delivered, he did not deliver that line from the trailer where he goes, there are no strings on me. That was some cold shit in that trailer. Mm. And they don't do it in the movie. What they do is they actually play the song from Pinocchio. He never, Ultron never delivers that line. Yeah. Uh, the actor, uh, James Spader. James Spader, in an interview, I was, because I watched the TV show he's in Blacklist, and they were interviewing him for the next season at the time. And they also were talking to him about the, his uh, portrayal of Ultron. And he said the one, because the movie had already started showing, but he was like, the one thing I, I that disappointed me, we filmed up all these different lines, and one of them was the no strings on me that they play in the trailer, but they don't put it in the movie. And he said, you know, at the premiere, he said, I went over to such and such, the editing guy, and I'm like, why didn't y'all put that line in there? And he goes, I don't know, they told me to cut it, so I did. And But it was just one of those things, of, like you say, it should have been left in there. Yeah. That that line in the trailer was menacing, and yes. in the movie they literally Disneyed it up so they had him singing it because you know when he transfers bodies he's going there are no strings he's singing it no that was a line delivered in the trailer that implied threat I yeah. was just slave and I'm loose and you you kind of and you know being a nerd knowing who Ultron is you're like oh shit yep they have fucked up fell back in it. All right, so Tyler, what do you remember most about the movie? Since you were afraid I was going to steal it. So I'm a, I'm a fan of super fast characters. So when they kill the super fast character with a weapon that literally moves slower than they do, it stuck on me with a cold grudge. That was, yeah, that was, that was just Joss Whedon wanting to kill yeah, somebody. Yeah, that was somebody. Like it's going like to give more emotional oomph to the movie or something it was Marvel letting him waste a resource, so it was. Yeah, true. And it, uh, it, to this day, still bothers me. Even though it became a fun plot point in the Scarlet Witch stuff, it still bothers me to this day. Yeah, you and me both. So, uh, Todd, what sticks out to you? Uh, I like... Uh... I like to fight with the Ultrons in Sokovia. I tend to like that mm-hmm. that group of scenes. But uh, my favorite line in it 
is, you know, after Ultron's killed Quicksilver when he's riding around in the Quinjet and Hulk jumps up into the Quinjet with him and you hear him go, oh, for Christ's sake, and he goes flying out. I giggle my ass off every time. It's a very human reaction from a machine. Yeah, it was a very human reaction from, you know, supposedly an emotionless droid was, oh, and just the discipline, oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> like, how the fuck did you get in here? <laughs> All right, Danny, what'd you got? Um, the intro fight when they're going to fight um, Baron, uh, my brain's blank. Strucker. Strucker. And you got them, and they're, you know, caps on the bike, and, you know, he's like language and such. So, and then he jumps and he takes and catches the handlebars of the bike and throws it yeah. as a melee weapon. In the theater, I went, oh, damn. And Jennifer punched me in the side. Quiet. But I mean, it, it was one of those things that was like, oh, damn. And, you know, I'm like, that was, that was cap. You know, I, I can use anything as a weapon. Here you go. Have at it. And uh, my favorite line was when they were fighting in the Sokovia and Captain America says, if, oh, I can't remember it exactly, but, you know, if you get... Oh, he was, where he's talking about, you know, if if you get hurt, keep going. If you get killed, walk off. off. Yeah. And they show yeah. it quick silver when they do it. Yeah, it's a foreshadow. Yeah. But I just like that line because it was like, everybody was looking at him. If you get killed, walk it off. What? All right. And after Age of Ultron, we had Ant-Man. Todd, what do you remember about Ant-Man? Uh, my favorite scene of Ant-Man is anytime Luis is talking. <laughs> That's pretty much mine. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I went first because I was sitting there going, everybody and their mom was going to go for Luis. Yeah. I, every time Luis is talking is when I enjoy that movie. Well, you know, in the first part of this little series, I told you the next time we ran across one that I'm pretty sure we'd have the same something, I'd let you go first. Yeah. I'm a man it's, of my it's, word. Yeah, it's 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 Louis. Every time Luis tells a story, I'm sitting there like, because I was iffy on the movie until that. I'm sitting there going, "This motherfucker's crazy as cat shit." <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed I enjoyed his little his little crew of of bandits and ex cons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like when he reveals that you know that he shrinks and he jumps on one of them. You got Ti running and screaming because. Yeah. <laughs> Like like he's a bug on him. Yeah. All right, Danny. What about you? Oh, uh, I like the fact that when uh, Pym basically you know takes him in and is you know like okay, this is what we do, and he's sitting there going to have was it coffee or something, and you with with sugar, and the ants are walking the sugar. No, no, never mind. And then they take it back, and once he puts the suit on, okay, you're going to take some. You know, I'm training, and you got to jump through that keyhole, and he kept bam. Bam! Bang into the door during his training montage and how bad he sucked at it when he goes down into the ant mound and he gets attacked. <gasps> it, that just cracked me up because it was, you know, you heroes are supposed to be heroic and know what they're doing. This guy, not a clue. He had a learning curve. Yeah. But the movie did make me like Ant Man, which was the movie, which truthfully was the character that I was looking forward to the least. Yeah. 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 What about you, Tyler? The fact that this movie had so many things wrong, but it was so good you didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, is the char- is the Ant Man character the Ant Man that is most recognized? Hank Pym. No. 
he's in the movie, but it's not you're not following Hank Pym's Ant-Man. Do you have a villain who is an exact copy of the hero, which is a, a thing I hate? Yes. Like, he's a slightly varianted copy of the hero. But I didn't care, because <laughs> I liked the movie so much. Yeah. I remember when we came out of Ant-Man, and Jason was like, you know what? From here on in, I, whatever Marvel does, I will give them a chance. Because, yeah, Ant- I know Ant-Man was one of them I saw twice. And if you told me that beforehand, ain't no way in hell I'd be like, shit, I barely want to see this damn thing once. And for it not to have a stone in it, it was like, shit. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, if Jason doesn't steal it, I got to say what Jennifer's favorite scene of the movie was. Yep. Give Jason a chance to steal it. <sighs> Let's see. Well, Luis was kind of my favorite. But let me see if there's something else that sticks out to me. I like Hank Pym driving the tank out of the building. Yeah. That that was Jennifer's favorite scene. You know, the fact that he his keychain had yeah. a tank on it. She, you know, she, that's one we watched at home on on uh, the uh, Voodoo. And she's like, that looks like something you'd have as a keychain. And I, I just smiled and nodded my head because I had read enough books with Hank Pym carrying, you know, vehicles and weapons that were shrunk down. And I went, I bet that that tank's going to embiggen. Embiggen, yes, an actual fucking tank. Yeah. And well, I'm like, yep, I was right. And she was like, he can do that? And I'm like, yep. So I started telling her about, you know, the crap. I also enjoyed the fact that they didn't shrink the ant. Yeah. What the hell was it? Was this some kind of dog? What the- I like how he, he's got him in the house, you know, just, and the daughter's feeding him under the table. Well, we had planned to do one more movie, but we are pretty much out of time. So I think we're going to stop with Ant-Man, and then in the next part we'll pick up with Civil War and try to get it finished. We're going to try to do 10 straight uh, when we've barely done 13 and 2. Oh, you got a fair point there. Oh, well, we'll start and see where we get to, I guess. Oh, well, it's a four-parter. Let's have fun with it. We'll just call it a series at this point. Let's be honest, you won't be able to talk about them after this. You're full of garbage. So, much like I said after the first part of this, if there's a scene you think we left out, or should have been brought up, or you just want to tell us what your favorite is, you can leave a comment below. You can reach us at thenerdeternal at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on our site, thenerdeternal.com. If you'd like to support the show, we have a shop at the site. Uh, but you can also just like, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, just spread the word. Any, anything we appreciate. So until next week, I've been your host, the experience of some called Jason, and with me is Ben. Oh, right, the token millennial Tarky. The Todd Paul. CDL113. And we'll see y'all later.